Welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. Uh, man. Yeah. So if anyone's watching, uh, as I've already told Jeremy this, uh, I'm not wearing a jacket because I think I look cool. It's because I'm cold. It is so cold here. There's no way you're still well, at least you put that jacket on an hour ago. Well, I'm also wearing shorts, so that doesn't help either. Oh. See, on the opposite, I'm wearing ski pants underneath what? here in 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 Uggs. <laughs> so it's opposite. You know, I I almost got a free pair of Uggs when I worked at Journeys, um, like, because they like, gave all the managers like men's free Uggs? shoes. Yeah, um, they give all the managers free shoes uh, for certain like promotional periods. Sure, um, but I'd missed it by like two weeks. Damn it. I did get a free pair of <clears throat> Adidas Gazelles, like old school Adidas. Um, I love those shoes, but they were so uncomfortable. Yeah. So the, the, like yeah. the run DMC um, Adidas. Uh, f- sure. Like with the like with the hard um, toe. No, that's no. Those are those are all stars. All stars. Sorry. My apologies. The, the, gaz- the Gazelles were suede. Got it. But they had a hard arch in the in the in the in the arch of your foot, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like if this is my foot, it's like jamming me like right here. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, um, but they were sick as hell though, and they were free. I mean, that's the best kind, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, welcome back, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, before we get into it, um, um I wanted to bring this up because it actually ties into the episode. Um, the other night I finally, after waiting for it, after it's been announced, I watched still a Michael J. Fox movie on Saturday and it was awesome. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's phenomenal, man. Like, so is it kind of um, like, is it kind of like Val or, um, like that, that Heath Ledger one they did is sort of like that. Yeah. I would say it's more comparable to Val. Especially considering he's they're still, still alive. alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great. You know, um, it, it kind of plays out like a three act movie. Mm-hmm. Act one is, you know, kind of how we got to start. Act two was. He had to leave Spin City. No, no, they, they didn't talk about Spin City till the end. Really? Um, act two was more about his takeoff, you know. Uh, family ties and back to the future oh, okay. sky skyrocketing him. And then act three was getting the diagnosis, getting diagnosis hiding it oh. for as long as he could. Um, so then, it's less about the Parkinson's and just more about Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I mean, oh, but, I intercut, but then intercut with all of that is, you know, yeah. him now interview and they talk about the Parkinson's okay. and, and how, you know, like he has these like idiosyncrasies now, 
like when he needs his medication, mm-hmm. um, he, he was saying how he refers to it as he's waiting for the bus. Mm. Because the uh, Mark Guggenheim is like, you know, what is it? How do you feel when you're waiting for your drug, you know, waiting for these to kick in? And he's like, well, I, I say it's like waiting for the bus. So if anyone sees me sitting and I'm saying I'm waiting for the bus, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And then and then uh, he's like, well, are you are you on the bus? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm on the bus right now. <laughs> and it's just and, you know, and it's it was so refreshing to see that even though he does have this very serious disease that, you know, yeah, he, he's no, he it's debilitating. Lose. My my dad's best friend yeah. had it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's awful. <laughs> but it's so this guy. Sorry, I have to tell this story first. No, you're good. Uh, because since we're talking about Parkinson's, um, and we'll get to the movie in just a minute, which is not nearly as serious. Um, so my my dad's best friend Scott uh, had Parkinson's. He's passed away. Uh, passed away last year. And there was one time we went to go pick him up from the airport. He had just had surgery. Okay, they mm-hmm. were going to put something in his brain. Uh, to try to stop the, like the the, the, the tremors, right? Most of it. Mm-hmm. And by that time, it was pretty advanced. By that time, um, he'd had it for a long time. And he, <laughs> we picked him up from the airport, and he just has this. There's nothing. There's no bandage on his head, right? Mm-hmm. It's just an open, like you could see the. St- Sorry, hon. My wife's over here. Uh, you could see the staples. And there was still oh, no. like whatever goop they put over. It was still matted in his hair. We're like, Scott, what is wrong with you? They let you on the airplane like that? <laughs> we we couldn't believe it. He he stayed with dad that night, left early that morning, and he was not supposed to do that. You know what I mean? Like this oh, dude no. was a this dude was an anarchist, bro. Like he just did whatever he wanted, and he was like, whatever, I feel fine. And it's like you look terrible <laughs> please <laughs> let us help you please rest for like two seconds please um yeah dude, that, <laughs> that dude was punk rock all the way dude uh uh sorry <laughs> anyway the micro box thing was good yeah it was great and you know and and again yes it, it is debilitating but you know it's it was so cool to see that he he's he, he's not letting this I mean, yes, it affects him, but he's not letting it get him down. Mm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm probably going to lose this battle, but, you know, that's okay. And like, I don't know, like, it just, I don't know, dude, it's, it was really cool. And as I learned, because again, like I said, this ties into the movie. Yeah. Um, One, I didn't know he was diagnosed in 1990. I didn't either. So when this, when we get to it, this movie came out, he'd had it, he had been diagnosed for six years. Wow. And two, um, they showed footage from this movie in still, which I didn't realize was this movie until I watched it. So I was like, man, I was like, what movie is this? And then I was like, oh, that's. Had you never seen this before? Is this a first for you? Yes. Oh, don't you remember I said that last week? Nope. Don't remember that at all. Um, I don't listen to you when you talk. Anyway, um, <laughs> I uh, don't remember that. So that's crazy. Um, I just assumed you have always been a Burton completionist. Uh, so, uh, well, 
well, here, this may refresh your memory because I said that I refused to watch Dumbo. Oh, that's right. Um, because I saw the first trailer and knew almost instantly uh, this was not going to be good. And so instead of ruining my uh, view of Tim Burton, I, I refused to, refuse to watch it. Um, even though I did, I have seen Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yeah. It, it's fine. Sure. It's not his strongest, but it's fine. Um, well, with, Jeremy, that, with that being said, what are we talking about? Oh, I was I was going to ask you what we're talking about. Uh, we are talking about Mars Attacks um, from 1996. Um, and as we learned last week, uh, this is based on a trading card game. So this is a purely original story. Um, as far as I could tell, uh, well, we were talking about off the trading mic. cards. The trading cards tell a story. Um We'll get to that. If you collect all of them, they tell a cohesive, like through line oh, story. Um, okay. Not a long one. I mean, they added a bunch uh, for this movie. It's not like it's like a a novel or anything, but um, but it does tell like a, a small, short story. Um, oh, if you collect all the cards. Okay. So I learned that today. But I'm assuming what we see in the movie. Probably was not, yeah. The story, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, Jeremy, would you like me to tell everyone <laughs> as best I can the synopsis? Sure, it'll be short. Go ahead. Um, Mars attacks, uh, nineteen ninety six. Um, <laughs> the government, the uh, well, our the president, played by Jack Nicholson, um learns that there are Martian spaceships surrounding earth and where he tries to be peaceful with them. Uh, they prove very quickly. They don't want to be peaceful. Um, and they invade earth. I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it, you're right. It is very short just because there's not a lot of context given, you know, like we never really, we never find out why they're wanting to do this, you know. Um, mm. Clearly, as as the as the bit is used throughout the movie, something's being lost in translation, quite literally. <laughs> um, so we don't know why they want to do this. Um, so there's no clear motivation. Uh, and you know, and I said it last week. This is definitely Tim's weirdest, and that's. And that's saying something, man. He's made some weird movies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 it's different and it's weird, but it's not like, it's not out of the realm. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not out of, out of character form, right? Because yeah, uh, this plays perfectly into our last one, which was Ed Wood. Um, mm-hmm. Last Tim Burton is that now he's doing his own Ed Wood movie, right? Yeah, uh, he yeah. is. You know, this is paying homage to the cheesy, campy 1950s B movies, right? And he's getting to do his own version of that, which is fun, right? Um, yeah, I would. I would say of the Tim Burton movies we've already done prior to this season and currently, I would say he probably had the most fun on this one. 
you know? I mean, it seems like it. None. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any, um, hold on. No one had more fun than Jack Nicholson. All right. Oh, a hundred percent. Holy shit, man. He was having the best time. Jack Nicholson. I mean, his, his characters were so over the top. Even the president character is sort of like over the top and sort of campy and whatever. I mean, not as much as the other one, but, um, yeah, art land. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> um, well, you know, but you you brought up a good segue. Mm. This cast is stacked, dude. Wrote that down. That exactly. I I didn't realize how many fucking people were in this movie. I didn't either. You know, I completely forgot. I'd seen this before, but I I didn't remember all of these people. Um, I got the most excited for pam greer i'd forgotten she was in it ah that's right uh correct me if i'm wrong sure because i didn't look it up i apologize if everyone can hear that i can um jackie brown right mm-hmm. okay yeah. good pam okay and jackie brown yeah. she was um obviously foxy brown um mm-hmm. she was in coffee she was in those black exploitation films um from the seventies. And so was the guy playing her, uh, estranged husband. I, I'm blanking on his name. It's Dan something, I think. Um, yeah, he looked familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't hold on. I, I have it pulled up. Um, give me one second. Jim Brown, uh, Jim Brown. Uh, um, so yeah, Jim Brown, he was, um, he was also in those black exploitation films in the seventies. Um, <laughs> I, um so I was almost done with it. I was about 30 minutes in, and then Haley came to to sit and she begrudgingly watched it with me. Um and and I paused it, I go, You're not gonna believe who this kid is. And I paused it and I'm like, that's Ray J right there, bro. And she's like, Kim K and Ray J? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. This uh, man Natalie Portman, I've forgotten she was in it. I um, Dude, yeah, I saw Natalie Portman. You know, I flipped my lid with when I saw Jack Black. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, tying back to the beginning of this episode, as soon as I saw Michael J. Fox's name, I was like, mm-hmm. wait, Michael J. Fox is in this? Yeah. And then, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Annette Bedding, Lucas Haas is amazing. Um, uh, Rod Steiger. Um, Martin Short, mm-hmm. uh, Danny DeVito, uh, Tom Jones. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling um, you. And it, also, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just saying, you know, like it, you just can't believe. I mean, the list just keeps going. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, well, there's so. And many I think. Movies. Well, and I think the reason why he got away with it is because most of them all die within the first 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, yeah, that that whole scene when they finally meet the Martians and mm-hmm. oh wait, I just remembered Christina Applegate. Yep. Um, but yeah, when they meet the Martians and fucking Michael J. Fox and Jack Black and everyone dies like almost instantly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um. And also, here's a little trivia. I was going to save it for later, but I'll just say hey. it now. So, like I said at the beginning, because I'm going to just quickly just 
briefly touch back on uh, still. So he was diagnosed in 1990, right? Yeah. Um, during this time period before he came, before he was vocal about it, he was doing everything he can could uh, to hide it mm-hmm. from people. So he first started noticing it in his left hand. So he would notice his hand would have tremors. Did he put it in his pocket? I didn't even notice him doing that this time because he would do that on he, Spin he, City. He would put his hand he in his would, pocket. He, I noticed him either doing like, – either he thought I had a pin near me, but like you know, doing something with his hand. The one time I really caught it was right before his death scene and he's giving the news. You can see the mic. Here, I'm going to bring my mic up a little bit. You can see the mic when he's got it kind of shaking a little bit. Uh-huh. And – and I think that was I, – I think he kind of knew that he wasn't going to be able to I, hide that. Honestly, I wasn't looking for it because I didn't know he was diagnosed that early. Because um, yeah. I, I remember there was a time – sorry, we're on Michael J. Fox again, but I love Michael J. Fox, so it's not a problem. So I loved Spin City. I would watch it all the time. Oh, right? dude. Um, the and best. I remember the his last episode. And, um, at the end of the episode, of course, they, they broke the fourth wall. They, they brought him out on stage. Um, the audience applauded for him and all that. Cause it was his last episode. And, um, and that's when I, you know, I probably mentioned it to dad or mom or whatever. And they're like, Oh, it's cause he had Parkinson's at the time. That's why he had to leave. And I go, Oh, that's really, and, um, I knew Scott already. So I was familiar. And, um, and I always noticed that he always had his left hand because that was the the one that was the worst. He would always have it in his pocket, um, mm. or he, he always had both hands in his pockets to hide that he needed to hide his hands and um, all throughout the whole series. And so um, I thought he was diagnosed. Well, I, I wouldn't say throughout the whole series because I wasn't noticing, but I thought he was diagnosed somewhere at the tail end of Spin City, is what I assumed. Right. Well, and that's when he that's when he came public about it. That's mm-hmm. when he finally was like, I I need to let everyone know. Um and he was he was kind of worried that that would be the uh the end of it. But then no one, you know, because he thought people would hate him or not really hate him, but they would look at him differently. Mm-hmm. And no one did, you know. Yeah. I mean he um, got so many roles after that. You know, it's- well, and then here's another bit of trivia about him and then we'll move on to the rest of the movie. <laughs> I read that this is his final uh theatrical release. And I was like, that can't be right. He he was still acting after this. But TV? But it's because well, all the all the movie, all the movies he did after this, mm-hmm. they were all voiceover roles. So the movie he did after this was Stuart Little. So he technically was not in the movie. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. So this is the last time in a theatrical sense he was on camera. And he's only in it for probably a grand total of 10 minutes. Wow. And Until those bastard Martians killed him. Gave him a green-ass skeleton, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so I wanted to bring up those little bits of trivia. Because mm-hmm. I did find – I found it really interesting, especially knowing – after seeing still and then seeing this movie, knowing that he was already battling Parkinson's at this point mm-hmm. um, and also alcoholism, he became a very bad alcoholic during this time as well because that was the only way he could deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found it so interesting. It was like, you know, he's 
he's doing those little tricks that he was talking about, uh, you know, trying to find something to do with his hands to make it look like he's doing something else. So hey, do the trimmer re- doesn't I look. I don't want to rewatch this movie, but I guess I might have to just to uh, to catch the. <laughs> Sorry, just shook her head no. <laughs> but to catch what he's doing, because uh, I, I didn't. Well, even at least it. at least just rewatch his scenes, because yeah. then after he's after he's dead, then you you know you can turn. I could probably on. find it on YouTube. I could probably find it on YouTube, but it's fine. Um, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, let's. I want to talk about. Um. I again, this is an homage to the B movies in the 1950s. And mm-hmm. I love that they're just classic flying saucers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that they're really leaning into how bad the CGI is. Um, because yeah. everyone always mentions I mentioned it to Haley when we were watching it. Um, and this is always the go-to example. Jurassic Park had CGI. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was 93. This is 96. Yep. You know, this is what money does, right? In time and effort. That's the difference, Right. Um, and I just like that, you know, um, it doesn't matter that the CG, it, it, it's better that the CGI is so bad. Um, oh yeah. Because it plays, if the CGI was good, like this movie would be way less fun. And, and I think, you know, and critics already didn't like this movie. I think if the CGI was better, they wouldn't really have been in on the joke, you know? So I think they would have. I think they would have received it even less because they're like, well, these, you know, hyper realistic looking aliens. Why are they acting like that? Dude, one of my favorite, like it, it seems like a, uh, my favorite, what would you call it? Shortcut that they do is mm-hmm. the, the aliens just glide sometimes. <laughs> it's like, we uh, I, don't, I don't have time to just do the, just let, let them glide. I don't care. You know, uh, so dumb. Well, well, and it's what's funny when when one of the Martians dresses up like Lisa Marie, right? You know, she glides. She glides, and so she's just yeah, she's just glides. moving her arms to. You know. <laughs> it's so good. Like this movie's great. Uh, so here's my so, all right. Here's been my my problem for a long time with film criticism. Okay. Okay. Is that they're not a lot of people don't put the films into context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of reviewers, right? Some do, mm-hmm. right? What view? Yeah. What, what reviewers need to do is they need to go. Okay, what's the movie? Okay, what's the genre? Okay, is it intended to be serious? No, that's another category, right? Put it there. Does it meet all this criteria mm-hmm. and does it pull it off? Yes perfect then it's like a five you know out of five because it did exactly what it wanted to do you know um and that's this movie for what it is is great you know oh yeah absolutely yeah i i did read the like the rotten tomatoes consensus and they now they were a little in my opinion a little too harsh they pretty much said that like they get the fact that it's meant to be an homage to 50s B movies, mm. but they they likened it to that it's it hits too close to those boxes. And I'm like, that's the point. But the point is to not only are we going to pay homage to this, but we're going to go over it. That's like when gonna, people say, well, 
the adaptation was just too close to the source material. It's like you like what did you want? You, you're upset when they change stuff. You're upset when it's too close. What do you want? You know? Um, yeah. And you know, I didn't hear anyone bitching like that about it. Chapter one. That's right. They, sure. Everyone couldn't shut up about how great it was, how close it was to the source material. Yeah, it was pretty close. I mean, and then chapter two, not so much. Yeah. yeah. And then they left out the one part at the end of chapter one. It's like not a big deal, but like, it's like a big deal that they left it out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, so it's, <laughs> it, it, I think it succeeds in the task it sets out to achieve, which is we're going to be super campy, cheesy. We're going to have fun. This is a movie about these silly looking Martians coming to invade earth and try to take it over or whatever and destroy everything in the process. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the, the Martians are silly. Uh, And they all sound like Kathy. (laughs) Yeah, they do all sound like Kathy. Um, that's right. Uh, that's really funny. That was a good. That's a good reference. Uh, solid. Um, yeah, I. I love little things like, the like when the Martians are getting like getting their battle gear on and then getting their weapons. Like it's just an assembly line. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It's. I don't know. I'm a little all over the place, but, um, well, I mean, this movie is also a little all over the place, you know, like, like, okay. Like, let's, let's talk about Jack Nicholson. Cause you know, he pulls double duty yeah. and plays two different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, which another little bit of trivia. yes. And another little bit of trivia I read is apparently art land was supposed to be played by Michael Keaton. That would but have then been I guess he, awesome. But then I guess he he was unavailable or something and couldn't do it. Um, but you know Jack didn't even read the script. As soon as he heard about it, he was like, "I'll do it." Yeah, man. Because he had so much fun working with Tim on Batman that and he was also like, I'll, made I'll do a it. lot of like, money doing it, and that's why he liked doing it. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. But you um, know, having a lot of fun too. I mean, that helps. You know. Oh yeah. You know, so like, let's talk about the president. Like sure. this, this is sort of like a, a kind of a bumbling president. He, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have like, he, he swings either way. Well, like, should we be peaceful? Yeah, we should be peaceful. Well, he's or, also putting, I mean, he's put in a really weird situation, but um, he's not super goofy, you know, um, or yeah. at least compared to art, no one is, but um i i like that he's sort of like they put it in there that you know his his wife glenn close um it, it's it's sort of like this typical like sitcom like dynamic you know like she's yeah. super type a and she's like uh she's like kind of naggy and she you know needs everything to be perfect and if you're not then you can go right um yeah. Natalie Portman is sort of um, it, it's sort of like uh, Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice, right? Even yeah. down to her bed, right? Which is draped well, in that black uh, lace. Well, and I would say less emo, more grunge. Yeah, like yeah. Lydia I would say she's was more written grunge in the nineties. Sure. Yeah, uh, 
but yeah, then like she hates the fact that her dad's the president. Yeah, I think you know. that might be sort of universal because there's a great film uh, came around came out around the same time. It's called First Kid, uh, Disney Channel movie. Uh, First Kid, uh, Sinbad. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. I if you if you don't think I have the DVD copy, I do. It's over there. Uh, First Kid. Um, it might be on Disney but, Plus. Okay. Go check it out. But it's but it's no blank check. <laughs> it's no blank check. That's right. But my point is that he also hates that his his dad is the president, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sort of disrupts their lives, you know, as kids. So I mean, it makes sense. Um, that yeah. might just be just a like. Do you think Sasha and Malia liked their dad being president? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. Do you think Eric and Ivanka uh, liked their dad being president? You know. Uh, Ivanka, a hundred percent did. Probably, because <laughs> um, she could use that as an excuse. <laughs> but anyway, with his coloring books, he goes, "I don't like it." Yeah. You know? Um. So, <laughs> 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 it just disrupts. So I think that's sort of that's that's sort of like a uh, a nice realism uh, in the movie that she doesn't. Sorry. Yeah. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> The only the only bit of realism in the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um that oh hang on, that and Jack Black's character wanting to be so gung ho about being on Martian detail. Love it. So I love his character. Um Billy Glenn. We're just gonna jump around. So I love that we meet him while he's uh, putting together a rifle blindfolded and he's, you know, trying to do it as fast as he can, right? Um, sort of setting up that he's sort of like this pro-gun, pro-military, pro, um, pro-war sort of a guy, and of course he dies as soon as it gets Martian detail, you know. Yes. <laughs> and one well, after his gun doesn't fire, yeah. then he's like, "I surrender," and then they just kill him anyway. <laughs> well, they don't speak English. Oh, that's true. Um, and also, I love that their family is such a mixed bag of other character actors. Mm-hmm. Like the only movie I could think of, and it just actually just hit me because I was their, their dad. I was mm-hmm. like, I've seen him somewhere before. Uh, he's the dad, Joe dirt. <laughs> sort of typecast, uh, huh? And then I can't remember where I've seen the mom before. I've seen her somewhere before. Oh, I've seen her in several things. Um, can't think of it at the moment, but if you give me a second, um, she was well. She was well, in Edward Scissorhands, number one. Uh, that that was it. No, you don't have to keep going. That okay. was it. The other one was Beethoven. You might have seen. No, I haven't seen, seen Beethoven, Beethoven in years. I've never in seen years. it at all. So I beat you. Um, um, and then of course, uh, Billy Glenn's younger brother, Richie, uh, who I recognized almost immediately because mm-hmm. I'm a little, little emo kid. He's the patient in welcome to the black parade. <laughs> That's cool. You know, I've never, you know. I normally don't cite music videos when I'm like, oh, that's the that's the person from this thing. I've never really cited a music <laughs> video, which you know is is legitimate because I mean, Courtney Cox was in Dance Dancing in the Dark, and um, that's how she got famous. So there we go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If it was for Springsteen, Courtney Cox wouldn't have had a career. 
That's right. Uh, the boss. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so one of my favorite characters, because he sort of plays it straight and because he's sort of like, he's not quite as good as Leslie Nielsen. No one is. But I like the earnestness of the character. That's Piers Brosnan. Um, mm-hmm. As as the professor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's like, like, he's in a different movie. You know? Oh, a hundred percent. It's like, it's like they had to pitch it to him. Like, Hey, like the, this is a serious movie. Like these Martians are going to kill everyone. Yeah. And Pierce is like, I got it. I got it. Yeah. You know, he's got the pipe. So good. You know, the slick back hair, you know, he's, yeah. uh, he'll do more James Bonds after this, but I don't even think he's done gold yet. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he's done gold or, or he's coming off or coming. Yeah. Coming off the heels of, of golden eye. Um, hang on. Let's see here. Let's see here. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. 95. Yep. He's coming right off of golden eye. Man. I mean, dude's on fire at this point. And he's like, I'll do a Martian movie. I'll do a shit on James Bond. Who cares? I'm comes in. On a skateboard, flicks a lit cigarette at Jack Nelson, Jack Nicholson. I'm James Bond. I don't I'll punch baby. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Flicks a lit cigarette. That's fun. Um <laughs> oh, it flicks it right into this pipe so he can make it look like it's actually smoking. Nice. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, he yeah, Pierce, and I think that's what makes it so much funnier, is that ev- while everyone else is sort of hamming it up, Pierce is so straight laced and on it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Cause he's, he's the antithesis of like the, the art character, right. Or, mm-hmm. or Martin short, right. Martin short is just like to hear, bro. Like he's all the way to the top, uh, which he always is. Yeah, Martin short is so good guys. If you haven't already go check out murders in the mill, the only murders in the building, uh, on Hulu. Uh, it's incredible. Um, uh, or, or one of my, or one of my personal favorites with Martin Short, uh, Interstellar. Not, not Interstellar. Christopher Nolan, Interstellar. No, Interspace. My bad. Interspace. Interspace. Interspace with Dennis Quaid. I tell people to go watch that movie, and they put on Interstellar. Like, where's Martin Short? Marshall's not in this. Yeah, <laughs> Rain lied. Unsubscribe. Uh, no, Interspace. <laughs> Interspace is fantastic. Uh, Martin Short is phenomenal as a hypochondriac uh but again like you said dude he's phenomenal in everything man he now he commits so hard i will say that this is a very uh hg wellian sort of a story um because okay (laughs) because what kills the martians i know we're jumping ahead a little bit but I love that, you know, what kills the Martians is, uh, is music specifically, um, slim. What's his face? Um, the yodeling. Uh, Oh shit. I meant to write that down. I know. So if you guys don't know in war of the worlds, it's our, it's our germs and bacteria, uh, that kill, uh, the, the aliens in war of the worlds, uh, spoilers for war of the worlds. Um, for Sorry. both movies, yeah, for both. Um, I mean, the the 
the Tom Cruise one's pretty good. I mean, it's not it's not a great movie, but it's pretty good. It's pretty entertaining, so I do recommend it. But yeah, um, Spielberg Spielberg did a good job. But, but yeah, I like that it's the the fucking music that makes their yeah. heads explode. Yeah, because they just can't handle how good the yodeling is. Um, yeah, man, that yodeling it's on point, dog. It's not, it is. The music's good. <laughs> uh, and saying. you know, and I love. And I love how um, it's discovered by accident. You know, it's not like a, we're trying to, we got to defeat these Marsons. Let's try everything. It's right. just a simple uh, that, uh, oh shit, hang on, hang on, shut your fucking mouth. Oh, I forgot her name. Hang That's okay. On. Sylvia Sidney. Yeah. Um, uh, who most people would know from. Our Beetlejuice episode, Juno, and a you know teaser for next week. Yeah, um, just unplugs her headphones because she sees the Martians, and you know, of course, yeah. her character is supposed to be the senile old grandma. Yeah, she's sort of out of it. Yeah, yeah, and then unplugs her headphones, and 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 there we go. You know, I was so happy to handle see her in this movie. I loved her character, Juno, so much in uh in that other movie we mentioned we've said it too many times already but um but yeah it hurt beetlejuice <laughs> oh hey, what are you doing man <laughs> don't don't quit it sorry <laughs> don't all right she was about to say it too but um we, we don't we don't need that kind of well, heat right now okay um, what do you think you're doing man no you'll help us <laughs> um that's the that's the only scene i've seen from that movie it's really good the whole the whole thing's good um so anyway yeah yeah juno yeah Juno's the best so um she is she's amazing um all right sorry i'm getting sidetracked um sorry i'm all over the place because I mean, well, no. Here, I have a question for you, buddy. Yeah, I have a question for you. I love a question. This this may get us this may get us back on track. We'll say sorry, do Zach. You think, do you think? Um, now I know what was said. Like I read the I read the 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 trivia. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tim was fully uh, trying to make references to uh, that you know that Michael Keaton movie with? With uh, Alec Baldwin, um, because the skel because the skeletons, uh, every time the Martians kill someone, the skeletons that are left behind are red or green. Yeah. Which yes, they said it was supposed to be a Christmas release, mm-hmm. so that was supposed to be a little like, <laughs> but apparently, when Barbara and Adam are in the waiting room, mm-hmm. there are green and red skeletons right. sitting there as well. You're absolutely right. So. Um, it's possible. So do you think Tim was trying to like tie it all together or the Beetleverse? Just kind of be like, hey, yeah. the be- <laughs> What if what if he's just been playing the long game and this has all been all been a giant all, cinematic all universe? Beetleverse. <laughs> it all culminates My, in the final I mean, showdown. Well, I mean, I they have confirmed uh, yeah. the, the second one, so. Yeah. Um, and it's not goes Hawaiian, which I'm really upset about. Um, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, because that was the original idea for the sequel. Um, 
Yeah, no, I I honestly don't think I even noticed that um that they were also there's been enough words in between. Um there's they were also red and green in Beetlejuice. I um I don't think I noticed that. And you're right. Well see, and I I I think that's just fans wanting to be like, oh I I think it's more I think it's more like it was supposed to be a joke because the movie was supposed to come out on Christmas. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Let's yeah, just make this it's, 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 I mean, it's red pretty green. Good. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. Could you imagine? Was it released on Christmas? I don't think it was because what the trivia I pushed- read on IMDb is that it was supposed to release on Christmas. Um, it was released. I'm looking. I can't find it yet. You might be. Oh, December 13th. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that's around that time. So imagine like it's Christmas, right? Or at least it's like Uh a week before. And you're like, man, I want to go to the movies, man. What's out? (laughs) You know, and you probably have Christmas movies out. You probably have like big blockbusters. Those usually come out during that time. So people, Mm. a lot of people go to the movies on Christmas day. Um, and you you're know, like, and there's not going to be another Max. Home Alone movie for mm-hmm. another year in theaters. So it's like, yeah, let's let's go see Mars Attacks. <laughs> um, which I have no room to talk. When the movie came out, when uh, this movie I'm about to talk about uh, came out, we saw it on Thanksgiving Day, and that was The Mist. So we saw it on Thanksgiving Day. You saw The Mist on Thanksgiving Day. Dude, mom was sobbing. <laughs> Dude. Of course, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was so good because I'm, you know, uh, I think I might be a psychopath, but um, I thought the movie was awesome. I couldn't I couldn't believe it, right? And then we, then we just went and hung out with our family for the rest of the day. <laughs> And, you know. and something in your mom is broken, you know? Yeah. Oh, she's forever changed, right? And <laughs> <laughs> we just hold our family a little closer that day, you know? Uh. <laughs> well, that, and that's how you spin it. Like, Ma, I just wanted you to know, like, I care about our family because we could be in this situation. That's right. We could all be Tom Jane and here we are not being Tom Jane right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. Right. All right. Sorry. Off track again. I apologize. I'm so sorry, Zach. This one's just off. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, because here's the thing, dude. Here's the other thing about this movie, uh, which I think can give us some grace of why we're all over the place. The story is also all over the place, man. We had, you have not one, not two, but three completely different, technically four, if you want to count, you know, the all the scenes we have with just the Martian the Martians, but three separate storylines all sort of converging in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. You know, we have the, the Vegas storyline, you have the, uh, Washington storyline. Then you have the, the other storyline where, wherever Richie and grandma are. Yeah. And then wherever Pam Greer is, I don't know where Pam Greer is. uh, New York. She's in DC. DC. So she's part of the oh, DC Washington. Okay. storyline. 
you know, well, cause I try to simplify it. Cause if you want to break it down even more, there's at least four or five, Yeah, you know, it's and with, within so, their subsections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, it's so much. And I think, you know, it's because like, if it was just a couple of storylines, we'd have to really stretch this thing out. Right. But mm-hmm. if we have a bunch of different characters in different places, we can see how they're dealing with this global threat, which is the, the Martians, of course. Now, I do want to spend some time talking about the the Martians themselves because yes, they look very silly. Okay, yeah. and Haley thinks they're a little scary, and I understand because their their brains are out, and you know they're they have sort of skeletal like faces, which is how they are in the cards, by the way. Um, sorry. Yeah. But I, I just like that they're just goofy. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like taking group photos as they blow up the Taj Mahal and. They're changing Mount Rushmore and uh, they're having a blast. Yeah, they're 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 cutting off Sarah Jessica Parker's head to put it on a dog's body. Which, by the way, yeah. that dog uh, owned by uh, Lisa Marie. That's her dog. Um, yeah. It's a fun yeah, fact. I did read that. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Lisa had to give Sarah Jessica Parker like tips. Like, Is hey, there – hold on. Is there a more useless piece of information as – the dog in the film was Lisa Marie. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I and I committed to. I didn't even write that down. That's in my brain. I know yeah. that now. Yeah, when I when I read that last night, I was like, "Cool." It, it's sure. such a useless. Be- That's why it's stuck. Is because it's so useless. You know, it's nothing yeah. to do with the production Michael J. Fox. necessarily. Yeah, Michael J. Fox tells it to <laughs> shut up. Yeah, Poppy, shut up. Yeah, and it's just it's Lisa Marie's dog. God, who cares? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Martians now, are fun. Yeah, yeah, the Martians. Yeah, the Martians are fun. Uh, I like that their language is just "ack." Um, now this is now this is another bit of trivia that I committed to memory just because I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what they were going to sound like when they were writing the script, so they put "ack" as sort of just placeholder, a placeholder until they until they could come up with something. And then they were just like, you know what? That works. Dude, that is exactly how they wrote uh, mm-hmm, by the crash test dummies. Have you, do you know that story? The, uh, <laughs> the 90s no, song. No, I don't. What? So the song is called mm-hmm, right? Um, just uh-huh. hums. Uh, and that's the chorus, by the way. Um, okay. And I think it was a placeholder. At least that's the story, right? That they were. Uh-huh. Do you know the song, by the way? It's it's amazing. Uh, Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, she's looking it up right now on Spotify. Um, <laughs> the dude's voice is really weird. It's super deep and super low. And it's it's such a downer of a song. <laughs> and then the chorus. I can't wait to see her face when it's there. Anyway. Um, anyway. Similar vibes is what I mean to say yeah. through all that. Yeah, that they're like, oh, we'll we'll come up with it on the day. Yeah. Hey, wait, what did you put in the script? Ack. Sure. Sure. That'll work. Yeah. Sure. Right, we'll uh, and get, get one voice actor. A, there we go. A part of me thinks yes, it saves time on that. Right. It also uh-huh. saves time on animating their their mouths. Right. 
um, Uh because they just need to go up and down. No, really not a lot of articulation with their mouths. Um, Well, especially because they don't have lips either. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I like that they're all wearing red underwear. Um, (laughs) I completely forgot about that. I mean, like this was a first time full watch for me. But I remembered some things like, yeah. you know, when we see them come out of their, their, their flying saucer at the beginning of the movie, I was like, yeah, I remember that. And then when we see them in it and like, why are they wearing red underwear? I know. Yeah. They're wearing red underpants for modesty's sake, I guess. Good for them. Right? Um, yeah. Because it's, you know, they're shameful bodies for, you know, they need to be ashamed of their bodies. Uh, because of, why? Because they have body dysmorphia. No, just because your your body is something to be ashamed of because of because <laughs> of Adam and Eve or something. So anyway, uh, but <laughs> but I again I, I like that they were all wearing red underwear just for fun. I, I it's unnecessary. I, it adds a little mm-hmm. bit more camp to it, right? Um, I like yeah. the. The leader's like garb, like it's like the red uh, cape and the purple cape and like all that stuff is fun. Um, yeah. Again, they're just goofballs, you know. One of them's got like a Playboy magazine, whatever, you know. <laughs> like it's just – it's all just goofing around. I wanna, well, and I think that's how they came up with the idea of that's how they were going to invade the White House mm-hmm. with, you know – um oh man i i also like that i mean obviously you would assume this and the the characters do assume that it was the dove that set him off but Uh i don't think that's necessarily true right Uh um i think they would have just snapped regardless or were pretending to come in peace regardless given that the um I'm getting, I'm thinking about it way more than they ever did. But, uh, like, what if they got the, the thing wrong? You know? Well, um, see, and that's like and, the, the, and that's what I was kind of the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and that's what I was kind of saying at the, at the top of the show is, you know, something was lost in translation here. Cause, you know, when at one point they steal it and they're running around town with it and then, you know, it's translating to please don't run. We are your friends. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but then why are you destroying everything? So Yeah, I uh What are we missing here? You know, they really should have called this I don't know why no one's ever titled a movie Lost in Translation. Like they should name a movie Lost in Translation. That's a really good title. Um But Yeah, but uh yeah, do you think Bill Murray would be good for a movie like that? No. Um uh, Who well, else do you think? Uh do you think you think Scarlett Johansson too? Yeah, no, I don't know if Scarlett would be. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, definitely not. <laughs> anyway, by the way, title of the episode. I'm gonna call it uh, "Loss in Translation." <laughs> Loss in <of> translation. <laughs> imagine, imagine we get a a first time listener. They see this episode. They're like, oh, they talked about <gasps> "Loss in Translation," and it's. Fucking Mars attacks. They're like, Sophia Coppola is the reason I live and breathe. Let's go. And <laughs> she's like, the, the f- best of the Coppola family. What the fuck is this bullshit? You know? 
Tim Burton. Goobers. Who cares? <laughs> two goobers talking about Mars attacks. Who fucking cares? Um, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah. Um, I let's see. Where do I want to? Where do we want to end? Because uh, we're we're getting. We gotta quit. Just beating around. Honestly, the man, I'm I think we've talked about everything. Because I think we've talked about everything, man. Like the movie's fun, you know. It's of the Tim Burton movies I picked. This is definitely the one that is the most fun. Because mm-hmm. as we were talking about off mic, um, my next Tim Burton pick is going to get a little bit more serious and a little bit. Dude, more, I cannot more wait. Scary. I cannot wait uh, for the, for the next one for the next Tim Burton. I mean, I can't wait for mine either. But I mean, it's. Um, Mine well, and then after that years. one, it's the one you're really excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. But you know, the movie's just fun. You know, I think, I think people looking for deeper meaning in the movie. I don't think this is going to be the movie for them. You know, <laughs> some movies are just for for fun. I think this movie is for fun. Right. It's based on yeah. trading cards from 1962. You know. Um, that yeah. ran from 1962 to 1962. You know, I looked that up today. Um, it's just movies are for fun sometimes, and this one's for fun, and it is fun. You know, um, yeah. To 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 grasp a deeper meaning would, I mean, good luck. So, uh, yeah. And who knows? Yeah, 100%. Maybe there is. Maybe Tim Burton's like, man, this is about climate change. Like you guys just don't get it. You know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. and he's like, guys, <laughs> this is about um, this is about immigration laws. Like we really need. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, you know, <laughs> like he's right. He's right. We missed it. You know. <laughs> but I don't think it is, dude. I, I would love goofy, silly nonsense. I think that's what this is. I would love. I would love if if someone like he's doing an interview. And they bring up Mars attacks and he's like, like goes off on this huge tirade about how like, like, no, man, like this is the true meaning behind this movie. Yeah. Like everyone just missed it. <laughs> no, no one has. Well, I'm pretty. I've never figured I'm, it out. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's like, people are over here trying to solve James Gunn's Easter egg. They haven't even solved this Easter egg yet. <laughs> One of these days. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, like you said, man, to, to I think to, to, to fully wrap it all up, the movie's just fun. Yeah. Um, the cast is great. It's a stacked <sighs> cast, but it's, Dude, it's fine. Watch you know? it for the cast alone, man. It's, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's on yeah, their A game. And, and no one is, no one's like falling short. Everyone's bringing everything they can to this thing. You know, whether it be Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. being super serious, whether it be Jack Nicholson just doing Jack Nicholson, right? Um, mm. Everyone's bringing their A game. Everyone's taking it. Their character may not be serious, but they're taking it seriously. Like they're not phoning it in. Like it's, it's a fun movie. I'll stand by it. I would watch it again probably alone because Haley does not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping I would get Ashley to watch it with me, but she was, she, I, I watched it late at night. So she had already gone uh, to bed. So yeah. But, well, buddy, 
Um, speaking of Sylvia Sidney, dude, what are we talking about next week, dude? You, I couldn't believe it. All right, I um, uh-huh. for fun while I was watching the movie, I looked up uh, Sylvia Sidney because uh, I'm a fan, and I was like, I wonder if she's been in anything else that I may have seen because I've only ever seen her in Beetlejuice and this that I can recall, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking it up on IMDb, I think it's one of the things that pops up like known for is our movie for next week, Fury, uh, starring uh, Spencer Tracy and um, Sylvia Sidney. Uh, these movies are 60 years apart exactly. Um, this movie came out in 1936. Um, and of course, the movie we just did is 96. <laughs> And I just can't believe she's in both. I mean, how, what a crazy coincidence is that, you know? Yeah. Now, Um, now this is, uh, Fritz Lang's first English speaking movie, correct? From my recollection. Yes. Because he had done Dr. He had done Dr. Mabuse. Well, he done the last Testament of Dr. Mabuse in 33. Um, which is, yeah. And, then, and then, yeah, then I think it's Fury after that. I have it in front of me. What the fuck am I doing? Um, I can just look it up. Why am I speculating? <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm excited. I've never seen it before. Um, so something to look forward to, perhaps. Okay, hold on. Tessa Dr. Mabuse. No, he did a movie in 1934 called Lilium. And it is a full-length feature film. So, yeah. Um, it's a drama fantasy. Never heard of it. Not going to see it. So, <laughs> um, we're doing a first – his first, like, let's go in full noir, right? That's what we're doing. I was about to say. I was about to say, this is full transition into film noir. Yes. So, where M is sort of like what I consider like one of the godfathers of film noir um, – now he's getting into actual film noir um, with Fury. Full, full, full 180. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, after, after this, um, which also popped up a lot in, if you're looking up pictures of Sylvia Sidney, is You Only Live Once um, with uh, Henry, uh-huh. I think it's Henry Fonda. Um, yeah. Henry Fonda, that's also Fritz Lang, that's also a film noir. So, um, Sylvia Sidney coming in clutch in his uh, in his early English speaking um, film noir days. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, yeah. man. You know, I I love talking about M. You know, rewatching M was was awesome. So I'm excited, especially now. Now I don't have to read and watch at the same time. Nope, you don't have to read. Also, it's an hour and thirty two minutes. So that's you're what's welcome. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome uh we we've done it we've made it to the short ones uh thank you for hanging in there all of you out there zach um, zach <laughs> you can rent this on prime video um i believe it's also on itunes or you can get the blu-ray copy um warner archive just released it last year or the year before um so it is available like on amazon if you wanted it just to buy it um so again early spencer tracy 
I love Spencer Tracy. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before, but my mom is obsessed with his love story with Catherine Hepburn um, and their journey together through um, through their encounters being in movies together. And um, um, those of you who care, uh, he is um, the father in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, most people have seen that. So, oh. um, nice. and Catherine Hepburn is the mother. Noise. I guess. Yeah. It's their last movie together, by the way. So this is also a shout out to guess who's coming to dinner. Please go see it. Uh, watch it anywhere you can. Uh, it's awesome. Um, and Spencer Tracy is just remarkable in it. Um, quick, sorry, I'll end in a minute. So he does this okay. thing, Spencer Tracy, and I'm, I bring it up because maybe he does it in this movie too, where in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, he has his hands in his pockets, right? And he will walk with his head down uh-huh. towards the camera or towards whomever he's speaking to. He'll stop, he'll walk, he'll stop, and then he'll look up. Um, it's him mm-hmm. walking to his mark, stopping at his mark, looking at it. And then looking at the person he needs to be looking at (laughs) just to make sure he's in the right spot. But he makes it, but he does it to where he makes it a part of his character. Like he's like what he's saying is, is meaningful to him and he's really thinking about what he's saying. And, but really he's just looking for his mark. So um, let's see if he does it in this one. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we hoped you enjoyed uh, Mars Attacks, even though it was Whatever. all over the place. Well, we fudged uh, it. But we will see you. Yeah, that's all right. But we will see you next week for Fury. It's not on.